What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with us on this Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I'm your host. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit me up there for links to these shows, which go out every single weekday, my different threads and different Twitter posts that I pull together over there, and my articles, which go out on sportsethos.com every Sunday. So follow me on Twitter. You get all of my fantasy baseball content over there. A couple of things before we get really started here. This is the second time I have to record this because the technology that I use, Adobe Audition, it sucks. It's absolutely terrible. I don't know why I continue to use it, but it deleted the entirety of the first episode right when I had finished it up. I'm not the happiest of campers right now. I also have COVID. My throat is very sore, so we're not going to be going too long today. The first show I did was about 35, 40 minutes. Here, I'm thinking it'll probably go for about 20 or so minutes just because I really don't have the, the vocal strength to do it all over again from scratch. So... I'm going to cut out the top performers from yesterday's segment, which I really like, but I'm going to have to just because I literally can't do it again. So a couple of announcements before we get started. I mean, we'll go through our usual stuff we do here on a Monday show. We'll look at the waiver wire ads and drops, and we'll look at two-star pitchers. That will be the main part of the show today. But I do want to make an announcement. So we are looking to expand our baseball coverage here at Sports Ethos. I know that it is a holiday. Happy 4th of July, by the way, to all Americans out there listening. I know that there probably won't be the highest viewership here, but for those of you who do stay tuning in, we're looking to expand our baseball division. If you want to write about either fantasy or just actual baseball, uh, shoot me a DM. If you think that you would be good for a podcast, if you like the way your voice sounds, if you're very good, if you have experience with this kind of thing, send me a DM. I'm interested in growing sports ethos from the baseball side. We have started to do it already. A couple more people are going to be writing about baseball going forward. And there are a lot of opportunities. So if you are a fan of a particular team and you want to cover that team, we do that kind of thing. We have team coverage for a lot of NBA teams. We're starting to do it now for the Major League Baseball and the National Football League. So specifically, this will be about Major League Baseball. If you want to do some fantasy stuff, if you want to cover a team, if you want to write podcasts, whatever that is, send me a DM at JoeOrico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You send a message to myself, and I will see what we can do about bringing you on board here. Obviously, we'll need to talk a little bit more than just that. We'll have to see some writing samples. We'll have to do some uh, audio tests and whatnot to see to see how you guys are. But we're very interested in trying to expand here. Specifically on the baseball side, we got a lot going on in basketball. Football's doing well. Uh, we're looking to expand here baseball-wise. So if you or you maybe you know somebody who's interested in breaking into the writing game or the podcasting game and they're a big fan of the whatever, St. Louis Cardinals or New York Yankees or whatever, who whatever team, it doesn't really matter. We have Braves coverage right now. And our buddy Dan Bespris is going to be starting up uh, Dodgers coverage eventually. But we have openings for a lot of different positions, writers, podcasters, all kinds of stuff. So please send me a DM. We are interested to hear from you. We want to know uh, what you can do for Sports Ethos and what Sports Ethos can do for you. So let's start talking about some of the hot ads and drops on the waiver wire. Uh, we're going to be skipping the top players from yesterday because as much as I like it, as much as it is important, uh, I need to stick to the main important stuff here. My throat is is killing me, guys. I don't know if you, how many of you guys have had COVID. Probably a lot of you. <clears throat> it's really not fun. 
So uh, we'll try and get through this here, and I'll try and get some more tea into me. Uh, Dean Kramer has been added quite a bit here. He has had three straight fantastic starts going at least five and two-thirds in all of them. No earned runs in any of them. I think he's a decent add here. He gets the Rangers. By the time you guys hear this, uh, it'll probably have already happened, unfortunately, or the time to have added him will have already passed. But I do like him here today against Texas. I think that he's a decent speculative add going forward in 15-team leagues, working his way into 12-team value, though. Uh, Harold Ramirez, I think he's, I mean, he killed the Blue Jays. He had nine hits against the Blue Jays over the weekend. I don't think that this is going to sustain like this. He's 17 for his last 40. Uh, I call it bullshit when I see something like that, specifically out of a guy who doesn't really built like that kind of serious. I mean, he can be a decent contact hitter, hit for a decent batting average, but to hit 425 over a two-week span, it's just not realistic. The Rays definitely know how to turn some magic, but at the same time, I'm not really buying into Harold Ramirez there yet. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, he's going to start for the Astros. He's coming off the injured list today. I would probably leave him alone here. I don't think that there's much need to be adding him immediately. His roster percentage is at 24. Give him a start or two, see how he is, and if he's really doing well, then you can go and add him, but I don't think he'll be a massive priority for people. Uh, Zach Plezak, who we'll talk about a little bit later because it's actually a two-start week for him. I think it's a decent time to add him. Again, I'm sorry about the way that uh, this episode is coming out a little bit later than I wanted to. Had the whole thing ready to go. It all was deleted. So um, that would have had time before. Now I don't know that you will by the time you hear this. But Plezak is a strong ad. There's a two-start week here for him. First one against Detroit. Second one against Kansas City. I really like him this week. Patrick Corbin has also been added quite a bit. That was for the start today against Miami. He has done very well over this last, oh, last start and now this one. So six innings, four strikeouts to this point where I'm recording. Um... I don't think that he's a necessary add, but if he keeps putting these nice starts together, then he'll definitely uh, draw our interest a little bit. No move to be made as of now, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye. Johnny Cueto gets Minnesota here. I'm not going to be too interested. He's been all right, not great uh, for me personally. I'm just going to be leaving him alone there. Early in the week, if you're adding players, I, I try to avoid streams early in the week unless you have a plan. I like to just let my own guys, my own rostered slash guys I drafted players, go out there on the first, at least for you know Monday and Tuesday, see how they do. We're talking head-to-head here. Um, see how they do, and then you stream later in the week based on what you need to fill in from their performances. So, yes, you can add a guy who has a two-start week ahead that looks fairly strong. I'm all for that. But at the same time, if you're just adding someone randomly here on a Monday, I don't really see the point of it. I'm, I tend to be a little bit more cautious. So a guy like Johnny Cueto, not really going to be too interested in here. Taiwan Walker, uh, I'm going to be more interested because I think he can have value going forward rest of season. He gets Cincinnati today, and it will be a two-start week for Taiwan Walker. He gets Miami later in the week. I think he's a strong two-start option for this week, and I think that he can help your teams a lot going forward. So he should be rostered more than he is. He's 71% at the moment. I would go out there and add him, not just for this week, but going forward as well. Uh, uh, Jaron Duran, I mix him up with Juan Duran. Uh, Jaron Duran, he is someone who will be fine, I think, uh, if you're talking like a 15-team league or a five-outfielder league. I'd be totally fine with him. I don't think that he'll have so much standard league value necessarily. I know that he'll steal, hit for a decent average. I don't think he'll hit for this high of a batting average. He'll be fine. Uh, but like I said, I think he's a, a slightly deeper league play at the moment. Uh, Isaac Paredes, actually, I think it's Isak. Isak Paredes. 
He has been out of his mind the last two weeks. He's the number one ranked player, 18 for 48, with eight homers, 15 RBIs. It's just not going to continue to this extent. I know the Rays are sneaky, and the Rays do stuff that we can't really comprehend uh, the rest of the world. They make these weird trades that look like they're shit at the time, and they end up being fantastic. So Paredes has been great recently. Uh, he started off a little bit slow, and, I mean, he's been batting 375 these last two weeks. It's only moved his average up to 252 for the season. Definitely could be better. I know he started off not the greatest. Um, I just don't expect this to keep up very long. So I understand adding him for second, third base eligibility, all that's very good. I just don't see that this is going to sustain itself for more than, I don't know, maybe another week or so of hot play uh, right now. I'd be looking to try and capitalize and sell high on him if possible. A couple more guys we'll get into. Dane Dunning, another guy who it'll probably have started by the time you guys hear this. I like Dunning a lot this week. Uh, he gets Baltimore in this first start, and I think there's a potential for a two-start week. Uh, yeah, Minnesota. He's scheduled uh, to face Minnesota later in the week. I like Dunning here. It's one of those situations, like I said, uh, you pick up the guy. If there is a reason to beyond just one start that you like, if there's a couple of starts or if you'd like the guy going forward beyond that one week, then I'm all for grabbing them. Uh, let's talk about a couple of drops. Actually, why is Yusei Kikuchi being added today? That's kind of strange. Uh, he starts tomorrow against Oakland. Not really going to be too interested there. I, th I thought that was a little bit interesting. Let's talk about some of the drops, the most dropped players. So Devin Smeltzer, he had a very nice two-step last week, two six-inning performances, 12 strikeouts. He did a very solid job. Uh, three ERA for the week, 0.92 whip. He did give you uh, – no, he, sorry, he did not give you a victory last week. Nonetheless, he was a solid enough stream. I understand dropping him, moving on to the next thing. Uh, Chad Cool, yeah, absolutely, I understand. There was some interest in uh, the Arizona start from yesterday because the previous start against the Dodgers was a shutout of them at Coors. Obviously, that was very intriguing. Now, it's more so uh, you can find something a little bit better on the waiver wire, most likely. Keegan Thompson, uh, he has been dropped quite a bit. I still like him going forward. I think that he's really shown some turnaround with the strikeout numbers. He didn't so much do that yesterday in four innings against the Red Sox, give up two runs. I still like him. I still think that he can have some value going forward. 48% rostered. I, would be, I wouldn't be dropping him if you have him. Uh, Ross Stripling. He had a fairly solid outing, and then later on in the day, it kind of fell apart for him in the fifth inning. He's been really good this last month. He's in the top 100 for the last month. Three wins, 20 strikeouts, and 30 innings, uh, 237 ERA, and a .96 whip. I'd be holding on to Ross Stripling. For me, I think that he can have some value. I wouldn't be dropping him just yet. Brady Singer is the next guy we will talk about. He's been dropped in a lot of leagues. He struck out nine yesterday in a no decision against the Tigers. I understand that there's not... Really, this kind of strikeout upside that we've seen recently, it comes and goes. Uh, he can either give you eight strikeouts or he can give you three. Uh, yesterday it was nine. It was a good outing, but I understand dropping him and moving on here. Uh, Tariq Skubal, he had another bad one. It was, f I think this is five in a row now. Five bad starts in a row for Skubal. Only one strikeout yesterday. It really is not great, but at the same time, I'm not moving on just yet. I still want to give him a little bit more time. We're going to hold on at least one or two more starts and see how he can do. He gets the White Sox on Friday. Good bounce-back opportunity against a team that has struggled offensively this year. So Scooble for me, uh, he's, he has been dropped quite a bit. He's down to 81% after being well above 90 for a while this season. I'm still going to be holding on. I don't think it's time just yet to be moving on from him.
Uh, let's talk about some two-start pitchers, and we'll do that, and then I'll quickly give you guys a rundown of the article that I posted yesterday talking about some players that you can be dropping and some players that I think should be added. So those will be the last two pieces that we uh, we get through today. Again, sorry about the shorter length. Uh, I did. It was originally a longer show, but technical difficulties and COVID, it's, it's just been a, it's been a bit of a hard day, to be honest with you. Let's talk about some of these two-start pitchers. So we're not going to get into every single one of them. I think it's pretty clear you're going to be starting your Verlanders, your Manoas, your Alcantras. Uh, those guys are pretty clearly going to be starts. Now, there are a couple that I do want to go over here. Uh, Max Scherzer is definitely one that I want to talk about. He'll be making his return, I believe, on Tuesday, and he is in line for a two-start week, Cincinnati and Miami. Obviously, he's not going to be available anywhere, but I want you guys to activate him off the injured list, put him in your lineups. He's going to be valuable in these two starts. Now, if he were just coming back and it was one midweek start against the Dodgers or something, you might say, I'll give him the start to figure himself out here. It might not be great. might have a bit of a lower pitch limit than you want. In that case, I would understand it, but when he has two here against Cincinnati and Miami, I think it makes all the sense in the world to go out there and start him. Uh, if, Like I said, any other situations, you might give him a, a little bit of a, of a break here. Or not a break, but you might wait a little bit on putting him in the lineups, but given the two starts, given the opponents, uh, for me, Scherzer is a no-brainer start this week. Uh, Taiwan Walker, we mentioned already, he is going to be a strong start for me at Cincinnati and Miami. He gets the same opponents as Scherzer. I like him. I think that he should be, if if he's not already added, I mean, he's about 71, 72% rostered. If he's available, by all means, go and add him. If you already do have him, though, strong play in weekly lineups. Nick Pavetta is also going to be a start for me. He gets Tampa Bay and then the Yankees. It's a little bit nerve-wracking, and especially at the beginning of the year or any other year of his career. There's no way I would have started him in this situation, but he has earned it at this point. He's earned our trust. I would say that he's a strong start against Tampa and the Yankees. There is definitely room for implosion, as there has been the whole year with him, but I do think that he will have at least decent enough value where if you have him, he'll be worth starting this week. Jamison Tyone, he gets Pittsburgh and Boston. I like him. I think it's a fine enough start. There are a lot of two-start pitchers this week, so I'm not going to be necessarily jumping to do it. If you're in a daily changes league, I'd like it a lot more. Start him against Pittsburgh, see how he does. And then maybe against Boston, depending on what you need going into the weekend. I'd lean yes, but I'm be a little bit more cautious about Tyone. Uh, Eric Lauer, he struggled over the last four starts. Really had a rough time of it. I'm going to be starting him here and giving him the benefit of the doubt. If he's not able to have a good week, if he's not able to provide solid value, then I'm going to be throwing him back on the waiver wire. Uh, there's only so much rope you can give somebody. Six starts in a row. Assuming if these ones do go poorly, it'll be six in a row. That's kind of the breaking point for me. I know that, I mean, numbers can look very good and whatnot, and I could like a guy as much as anybody, and I like Lauer. But there comes a point where you need to move on, I think. And if it does get to the point of six bad ones in a row, I would be dropping him. Uh, Michael Kopech, he gets uh, Minnesota and Detroit. For me, that's going to be a strong start situation. Uh, Hunter Green, I understand the temptation in wanting to start him. Tampa Bay and the Mets, probably not going to be. I think it's a little bit too risky. The high strikeout numbers really make you want to try him. But at the same time... 
you're taking a big risk if you're throwing him out there. To, uh, I mean, especially the Mets in a very good lineup. Tampa Bay kind of hit or miss, but they can explode. We saw it this weekend. They can explode. It is risky. I'd lean towards sitting him down. Uh, Zach, please, Zach, we mentioned he is a strong start for me, Detroit and Kansas. Uh, Ian Anderson gets St. Louis and Washington. I'm going to be sitting him down, making sure that uh, he'll hopefully he can correct some things over the next couple of starts and figure out whatever's gone wrong recently. I wouldn't be risking it this stage of the season. You're fighting for playoff spots. You need every victory you can get. I don't know that I'd be putting uh, Anderson out there. Uh, Alex Wood, he gets Arizona and San Diego both on the road. I feel more confident starting him than Wood, or sorry, than, uh, than Ian Anderson. He's had some bad luck with the Babbitt, but the left on base percentage this season. He and Alex Cobb have had very similar trajectories in that regard. I like Wood. He's due to turn it around eventually, and in a two-step here against Arizona and San Diego, I'm going to be starting him. Uh, Zach Grinke gets Houston and Cleveland. That's a hard no for me. A uh, hard no for Zach Grinke on that front. Maybe in a points league you want to start him, but uh, I'm not going to be so, so interested uh, in Grinke here in category leagues or in Roto. Kyle Hendricks gets Milwaukee and the Dodgers. No thank you there. Uh, Jose Quintana, the Yankees, and Milwaukee. Quintana was supposed to have a two-step last week, but they pushed his start yesterday to today, which was kind of annoying. I'm not going to be starting him this week. The Yankees and Milwaukee is too risky for me. A few names here that are kind of a little bit risky, but I still like them. So Yusei Kikuchi, uh, Oakland and Seattle, I do like that. I, I do like that combination. He had a better outing last time. I'd be I'd be okay with starting him there. Dylan Bundy, as risky as it is, he is the White Sox and the Rangers. I don't mind that one. I think it's a decent enough opportunity. There is potential to get hurt, no question, but I like it. I think that I'm going to be starting him there uh, if you do have him. I know not a lot of leagues have him still, but I would if you do still have him. Uh, wouldn't be rushing to the waiver wire necessarily, but fairly, fairly safe enough matchups and opponents where uh, I don't think you're going to get hurt too, too badly. Dane Dunning, we already talked about Baltimore and Minnesota. That will be probably a very strong two-step as far as I can see it. <laughs> haven't seen the strikeout numbers we've wanted from him these last couple outings, but I still have faith. I still like the opponents. Uh, I'm going to be starting him there. Dean Kramer, we mentioned Texas, and he gets the Angels later in the week. He's a decent enough option. Uh, I like him more against Texas than against the Angels, but the combination of the two is fairly enticing. I would say, yeah, uh, you're probably going to be starting him there, assuming you have him rostered. We won't go too much longer here, guys. Uh, I'm really starting to feel it. My throat is very dry, very sore. So we'll go through my article from yesterday quickly. It didn't get as many clicks as I might have expected, but then I also have to remember it is a holiday weekend. So not as many people are focused on baseball and on Twitter right now. So we'll go through a couple of guys that I mentioned that you can cut bait on, that are very safe drops at this point. And we'll also talk about a couple of guys who I would add in there uh, well, to replace those guys. The first one is Mark Melanson. The Diamondbacks' bullpen is not great, been a bit of a mess. Uh, the team's lack of success has led to minimal save chances for Melanson. In the last month, he has one. Ian Kennedy also has one in that time. And he's become a bit of a liability. Uh, career low strikeout percentage in 12.7 this year. Career high batting average. Uh, uh, batting average against in 309. Uh, he's leaving only 51% of runners on base, and his expected FIP is 4.53. All the worst numbers he's had in his career. Uh, he's 37 years old. It seems like there's not too much left in the tank. There are a lot of better options available for saves. 
including someone I will mention in a second who I would add in his stead to replace him there. Uh, Yahoo managers particularly need to get on dropping him. He's still 68% rostered on Yahoo, 32 on ESPN. There will be other available closers, uh, not many, but there are a couple that will be scooped up if you hold on to Melanson. So the one that I'm really thinking of as a replacement is Paul Sewold. Uh, he's 51% rostered on Yahoo, 20% on ESPN. How he is less rostered than Melanson, I have no idea, but yet it is the case. Top 100 value for the season for Sewell. He is in the top 100, 283 ERA, a .73 whip. He's got three wins and eight saves. Now, Diego Castillo was getting the odd opportunity there to close to get some high leverage situations. I think now Sewell is firmly the closer. If you still have Melanson or Castillo, I would make the switch for Sewell as quick as you can because there's not going to be too much longer where Sewell is available, especially performing the way he has. Uh, Jack Flaherty <clears throat> is the next guy we'll talk about who can't be a drop. Nightmare season for him. Only managed eight innings pitched. It was shoulder, and then it was a dead arm thing, and now it's a shoulder strain. He's not expected to even pick up a baseball until after the All-Star break, roughly around the All-Star break, I should say. And once he gets up to speed again, he'll need a couple of rehab starts, assuming best case seems to be late August, early September for him. I'm not going to be taking the zeros, especially in the leagues where there's no injured list spots. You can't hold them. There's just no, it's not worth it. You have to move on. It sucks. You drafted him probably not too high up because he had injury concerns coming into the season. But nonetheless, it sucks to let go of one of your draft picks to, for nothing. It happens. Hopefully, he will be healthier in the next couple of seasons, and we will see him hopefully regain that fantasy value that we've seen in years past uh, next year. But this season, not much going on for Flaherty. I would send him back to the waiver wires. Over 60% rostered on Yahoo and about 70% on ESPN. Those numbers should start to get smaller and smaller. Walker Bueller is the next guy we'll talk about who needs to be dropped. I have a lot of shares, and I have moved on in nearly every single league. There's one very deep league where I've held on. It's like a 20-team league, and I figured, okay, I'll keep him on the IL. I have a free IL slot. If I do need to replace him later on, then he will be a drop. Uh, but at this point, I haven't needed to, so I've just held on. In a lot of cases, you have a few injured players. There's a lot of injuries around Major League Baseball. If you're debating, should I drop this guy or that guy or whoever, or Bueller, uh, the answer for me is almost always going to be Bueller right now just because of the timeline. We're looking at probably 10 to 12 weeks uh, for that elbow. Probably the first couple weeks of September he'll be back, and then it'll take him a start or two to get fully ramped up. You're looking at maybe, best-case scenario, you get one or two fantasy playoff starts, and it'll be coming off of a long stretch of inactivity and not throwing the baseball. And, of course, the surgery. Uh, he's getting bone spurs removed in his elbow, uh, ligament repair. You're going to have to probably be very cautious when he comes back with him. I'm going to be dropping him. I know he's still very highly rostered, 87 on Yahoo, 88 on ESPN. If he's able to come back during the season, we're thinking probably just an abbreviated start or two. You need to have everybody performing at peak level if you do make it to the playoffs or if you are just on the cusp of the playoffs. For me, he's not going to be worth it. It's going to be almost impossible for him to get back to that peak level this season. So I have dropped him in almost every league. Max Muncy is someone else who I have moved on from. Only 31 years old. Weird to see decline at that age, especially from someone who has shown the talent that he has. But nonetheless, he has been terrible this season. He's had some low BABIP, uh, 193. We're starting to get to the point of the season, though, where maybe not fully there yet, but we're starting to get there where it doesn't really matter what your expected stats are. You can be expected to have the best ERA and most home runs or whatever. If it's gone three, four months and you're not doing that still, then 
I would be looking to cut bait on the guy. And Max Muncy, the only thing he's really given you this year is a high walk rate. That's all he's done. Other than that, we have seven home runs, uh, batting 166, as of yesterday when I wrote this. 166, 22 RBIs. He's never been a big average guy, 233 for the career. But this is brutal, 166. Like, that's a massive drain on your team. We've held up for a long time in hopes of a turnaround. But after three months, uh, I've, my patience has run pretty thin on Muncie. There's better bats available on the waiver wire. I understand that second base eligibility keeps people hanging on. But for me, there are a lot better options. I would be moving on from him. Uh, 78 on Yahoo, 89% rostered on ESPN. Let's let's start to move on from Muncie a little bit. It's not his season. Maybe next year we'll pick it back up, but this year hasn't been for him. Yoan Moncada, not been on the field all that much, but when he has, he has not been very impressive. 189 batting average, three homers in 122 at-bats. At the time of writing, these stats are a little bit changed from yesterday. This is because I'm referencing the article that came out yesterday afternoon. Uh, he struck out 30% of the time nearly and walking only 4.8% of the time. WRC plus is 50. He is half of what an average baseball player should be according to WRC plus. Terrible. That's just terrible. Uh, the White Sox as a whole have been a bit of a mess offensively all over really, but especially their lineup has seen a lot of injuries and it's been a bit of a mess. Still promise in the future, but at the third base position, that's not really lacking in talent. There are some available guys. He should be dropped in favor of either a hot hand or someone who can provide you a little bit more consistency going forward. Um, so those are the guys that I'm dropping. Moncada, Muncie, Bueller, Flaherty, and Melanson. If you still have shares, I would recommend moving on. If not now, then very soon. A couple of guys to pick up. One, Yepes is really one of my favorite young players in baseball. He's been a consistent source of power stats since he got called up in early May. Uh, 10 homers, 47 runs plus RBIs, 281 batting average. He's one of the best lineups in baseball, usually batting either behind or one spot removed from Goldschmidt and Arenado. Pretty much a guarantee of good RBI numbers when you have those guys hitting in front of you. Five home runs and 14 hits in the last 43 at-bats. The only thing he doesn't do is steal bases, but he contributes in the other four categories, so you can't really complain too much there. Eligible at first, third, and outfield on Yahoo, only first and outfield in ESPN leagues. Strong back-of-the-bench guy who can either be plugged in as a starter, I mean, bench guy, but also worthy of a starting lineup spot right now, or someone who you can plug in when one of your regulars has a day off. I really like him. Go ahead and add him. 41 on Yahoo, 16 on ESPN. Uh, Santiago Espinal is looking at about 37% across the board right now. Breakout season for him, and I think it's likely he ends up in the All-Star game, even if he doesn't get that first uh, vote. I think it's between him and Altuve. Even if he doesn't get it, I think he'll still make it in as a, as a reserve. He's had a bit of a cold stretch recently, and a lot of that can be attributed to some bullshit calls going against him. There have been a lot of borderline pitches that have been called for strikes, and even less so than borderline, like some terrible outside pitches, like six inches off the plate getting called for a strike. Uh, he got screwed over in that White Sox series for sure um, a week or so ago. That's led to a two twenty two batting average over the last couple of weeks, and it's not really accurate. He's, more, he's closer to a three hundred hitter, and we've seen the counting stats very good this season. Uh, 66 runs plus RBIs, six homers, three steals from the second base position is very valuable. Uh, he's at 268 for the year because of this rough stretch. But Espinal can hit th- at least 300. He's one of the best lineups in baseball. He's more than serviceable, should be rostered in pretty much every single league. Uh, a couple more players we'll talk about. So Jack Sawinski, he has shown great power, 13 home runs and 87 at-bats. Counting stats have been great, 53 runs plus RBIs and a couple of steals. 
He's got great sp- uh, sprint speed. Never been a massive steals guy, but he's stolen two so far. I think that he has a chance to give you close to 10, maybe 7 to 10 steals, which is definitely valuable, especially coming up when he did. It's not spread out over the entire season. It's more so this is a head-to-head argument. You're getting those 10 steals or so just in like the second half of the season, so that's very valuable. Uh, I'm projecting somewhere between 7 and 10. Could be wrong there, but with already two, with like an 88th percentile sprint speed, I like his chances of stealing a few more bags. Uh, he'll be a bit of a drain on your batting average, but his batting average on balls in play is only 250. There'll be some positive regression there. Solid target for those of you who like to ride the hot hand with five home runs in his last 42 at-bats. Uh, good chance he ends up with more value this season than O'Neill Cruz. I think it's close. Uh, it, I mean, Cruz has been very good recently, but I think just on those power numbers alone, we might see Zawinski have a higher rating by the end of the season. Decent shot at 25 home runs. He may not maintain the pace the rest of the season, but he's worth adding while he is hot like this. Alex Kirilov, last guy we'll talk about, and then I'll let you guys go for today. He's been a different man since being recalled in mid-June. 275 average and 17 runs plus RBIs in his 15 games. He has legit power potential, 50.9% hard hit rate. We should start to see the ball leave the park a lot more as the season goes on for him. Uh, People forget that he was actually really good in 2021 as a rookie. Eight home runs, 34 RBIs to go along with a 251 batting average. Very good. Uh, the only thing people seem to remember is the struggles that he's had to this point in the season and then the demotions. That sticks in people's minds. Sports is a game of what have you done for me lately. I mean, last year, it's still fairly lately, but we have a more recent uh, poor example of his play. So that's what people have been focused in on. We've seen it with the roster percentages, 32 roughly on Yahoo, 28 on ESPN. He's worth a lot more than that, I would say. Won't play too much against lefties because he doesn't hit them very well, but he can play first and in the outfield. Solid lineup around him. I think he can be a solid play if you're in a 12-plus team league. Guys, that's going to wrap it up. Got through it twice today because, like I said, the technology that I use, Adobe Audition, I probably shouldn't even be cursing it right now as I record or it may just quit on me again. Good Audition. Yes, you are a nice Audition. Just finish out the recording here. Don't, uh, Don't corrupt the file or anything like that, and we'll be okay. I do want to get it out one more time. We are looking for more baseball and fantasy baseball people here at Sports Ethos. If you think that you want to cover a team, if you want to podcast about the Cincinnati Reds, God bless you if you do. But if you do, we're interested. If you know what you're talking about, if you have a decent enough voice where you could do a podcast, uh, I want to hear from you guys. Hit me up on Twitter at JoeRico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys send me a DM there. Maybe if you're a writer, you send a little bit of a writing sample over and we'll have it passed along to the big dogs, the chief editors, and we'll see what they think. Now, this would be something that you guys would have to take seriously. Obviously, it couldn't just be, you know, I'll write one every few weeks or something like that. If you're coming on, we'd rather have like a weekly article or a daily article or a weekly podcast, something like that. It has to be, you have to be taking it seriously and it has to be on some kind of a schedule. And if you're willing to do that, if you're talented enough, if you're committed enough, we definitely want to hear from you. So reach out to myself. You can even reach out to Dan Bespris if you want. You guys know Dan Bespris. I'm sure a lot of you were sent here from his Fantasy NBA Today show. So if you guys want to reach out to either one of us, we will get back to you. Hopefully, I mean, I answer DMs very quickly. If you guys send me a message with some kind of writing sample or some kind of whatever, tell us about yourself, why you want to do this. We'll get back to you and see if we can make something work out here. So hit me up on the Twitter machine at JoeOrico99. Follow, 
of course, subscribe this podcast. That is the main thing we want you guys to do. Follow, hit the five-star review button. That would be massive. Subscribe so that even on the days you can't listen to the podcast, you still get the downloads in, still help us out, get the numbers up. We'd much appreciate that. We're going to send you off for today because my throat is absolutely killing me here. I'm going to go have some tea with some honey and some lemon. Go watch some baseball because it is the 4th of July. There are a lot of day games today. To all my American followers and listeners, happy 4th. Happy Independence Day. Hope you guys have a great day. Lots of beer, lots of cookouts, lots of barbecue, lots of relaxing. Everybody have a great day. Cheers.